Hare. God bless you, everybody. God bless you, everybody. Welcome to another episode of A Pastor's Perspective. I am your host, your guy, Pastor Kelvin. Thank you for joining me on tonight. I'm super excited to be back for tonight's episode. And we already have quite a bit of you in the room already commenting, chatting. Thank you for being here. If you would do me an honor and take a moment and share this out on your timeline to my full gospel family. Yep, I've adopted you guys. I've become an honorary family member. Bless you all for being in the room on tonight. To my KWCI family that are on tonight, God bless you. To my wife and family that are on tonight, God bless you. But I need everybody to share. My goal tonight is to break the internet. Let's break the internet. Amen. We are going to have a wonderful discussion with a general in the faith. Amen. With a general in the faith. So as I remove this graphic, I'm going to go ahead over the next couple of seconds and bring him on in the room. God bless you, Apostle. How you doing? Doing great. How you doing? Listen, I'm better. Every time I see that smile of yours, I'm always doing good. One thing I can say about you, Pastor, every time you come on, you're always smiling. Mm-hmm. And you're always sharp. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to up my shirt game. Uh, <laughs> I need to know if it's okay at some point, if you just want to let me know where you're picking up these shirts from, sir, because I, I need to get, I need them a couple. <laughs> actually, I don't pick them up. My wife do all of that. So... <laughs> All right. Well, well, listen, woman of God, thank you for keeping Pastor Sharp. Listen, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Once again, we have more people coming in the room. God bless you on tonight. We have someone watching from Ghana. God bless you. We have several of you commenting. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you're on Facebook, please take a moment and share. If you're on YouTube, I see several of you from YouTube. God bless you. Thank you tonight. So many, so many of you on tonight. I'm so excited, super excited. Pastor. Yes. Tonight, I got you on for divine healing. Okay. And I've got some questions that I want to ask, but if it's okay with you, I got a couple personal things I want to ask you uh, tonight before we jump into healing. Is that okay? Okay with me. Wouldn't you agree, or I wouldn't say wouldn't you agree, what are your thoughts? So when we talk about divine healing, mm-hmm. can we also deal with the emotional part of it as well? Yes. As a matter of fact, if you go over here, Luke chapter 4, in fact, uh, I have it right here in front of me. Yes, Luke sir. 4, 16 says, and he, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up as his custom was, they're speaking about Jesus. Yes, sir. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, that is Isaiah. Yes, sir. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, which is Isaiah 61, actually. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, now notice this, to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. When he said to heal the brokenhearted, that is an emotional issue right there. Yes, sir. Now people are 
brokenhearted over a lot of different things. Yes, sir. And uh, relationships, other kinds of things. People become heartbroken based upon some experiences they've had. Uh, and uh, the Bible says, Jesus said that one of the things he was sent to do was to bind up, I mean, to heal the brokenhearted. Yes, sir. So he certainly does heal emotional issues. The person has an emotional issue. Now, yes, you can sir. have an emotional issue where there is a, uh, a spirit involved, mm-hmm. but you know, it doesn't have to be a spirit involved. You can yes, have an emotional issue for other reasons as well. Yes, sir. I thought about give you a quick example of something. Please. Years ago, I was invited to minister at a church here in Columbia. And uh, I didn't have a church here, anything at the time. We were in North Carolina. Yes, sir. And while I was ministering, while I was there, there was a woman in the congregation that I ministered to. The Lord told me to minister to her. She actually had a spirit of grief. And that thing had to be dealt with to set her free. She had a young child, maybe two years old or something, to die. And she got into grief and she couldn't shake it. And she went deeper and deeper and deeper. In her case, the Spirit of God revealed to me that her spirit was taken over. That doesn't mean she's possessed. Mm -hmm. It means that a a devil is taking over her emotions and binding her and keeping her in prison. And the Lord set her free that night. Praise God for that. Yes, sir. People have to be careful, especially when someone dies. A lot of a lot of things that people do, they uh have I mean they, they can't let it go. Mm. I heard the testimony many years ago. Brother Higgins gave this testimony about a woman and this man who had a daughter to die. And they was grieving over her. They had a a room the same way that it was when she died. They wouldn't do anything. They had pictures of her all over the house. They had an angelic visitation. They didn't know it was what it was at first. Yes, sir. Someone knocked on the door. And when the man opened the door, his wife was in the kitchen. But this is a strange walking. Just as soon as he knocked on the door, and the man opened the door. This man sort of pushed his way in and said, go get your wife out of the kitchen. And he went and got his wife out of the kitchen and brought her in, and he had them to sit down. He walked around, before, laying down all the pictures that she had. they had up of their daughter. And he talked to them about, it is not God's will for you to grieve like this is not the will of God. You have to move on. And after talking to them like that for a while, he walked out the door. After he walked out the door, 
they ran, they got up and looked, grabbed, you know, went outside behind him and watched him. And he walked down to the corner, turned like he's crossing the street. Yes, sir. And one step off of the uh, off of the pavement, he disappeared, just vanished. Then they knew this was an angel that had come and visited them. But the point was, he was trying to get them to understand, and he did, that their grieving was going to a level that was far beyond God's will and plan. And sometimes we get too much into ourselves. Most, much of our grieving is about us. Yes, sir. I mean, if, if your loved one died and they went to heaven, how are we grieving about them? <laughs> they better off than us. That's right. Our grieving is about us. We, I miss them. I don't know what I'm going to do without them. It's just you, 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 you. It has nothing to do with the person because they're, in the, they're, doing, they're better off than you are. Yes, sir. It's really about us. It's really a, a, a self-centeredness that takes us to that level of grief. But God can heal it. Yes, sir. He can heal that as well in response to prayer. He can heal that. Apostle, so much is going on right now. Okay. And I, and I want to try to keep it organized, but I'm, it's going to be what it is if you just give me a look. Do you think? Do you think? So I want to ask you a question. You know, okay. sometimes we can look into things too much and, right. and, and there's really nothing there. But we just recently had a, a, a death, a queen right. died. Is there any significance to that? I believe there is some significance because I believe God's hand is in some of these matters pertaining to these nations. Sometimes mm -hmm. things happen like, you know, this morning earlier before, before she died, I got an alert that she was resting. Mm. I got this alert from one of the news things and they said something about her resting and her not doing something, not going to a particular thing she's supposed to go to. She said, because she's, because she's gonna take the doctor's advice and rest. Yes, sir. And while I was reading that, sitting down quietly before the Lord, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time for her to go. And a few hours later, I got another alert that the queen had died. I mean, when I got that alert, I hollered because I said, oh my God, my wife, what, what's, what's wrong? Nothing, I mean, the Lord just spoke to me few hours ago that it was time for her to go. And I'm just getting something that she's, she's gone. But the Lord's hand is in it. I definitely believe that the Lord's hand is in it. And uh, God didn't kill her. <laughs> His hand is in it. Her time was, uh, she's 96 years old. And it was her time to go. And that's just, that's just it. Then I heard later, now this might be controversial to some. Then the Lord spoke to me a little later on and said, she's with me now. Wow. I know nothing about her or about her beliefs. Then after that, I was watching something about a couple hours later. Um, and uh, these people were talking and a, and a man was talking and know something about it and said, talked about how 
you know, she was a, a woman of faith. So I said, oh, okay, praise God. That sort of confirms what I, what I heard. Yes, sir. But I believe God is going to do some things. I believe it's all a part of it, a part of the plan. Her leaving and uh, Prince Charles becoming king. There's some things that's going on. I'm telling you what's really going on is that things are being put into place. Because the Lord is coming, the Lord is coming soon. Yes, and sir. A lot of things that's going to be happening in the nations. All these things are being put into place in preparation for the Lord's return. I believe that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So as we're seeing these changes, and thank you to everyone that's commenting and sharing. Thank you. I want to break the internet. We've got about 30 people on tonight. I want to get it up to 50. The world needs to hear uh, the word of the Lord through this man of God on tonight. So if you haven't shared already, would you please do me an honor and share? I felt that too, Marsha, and I felt that too. Amen. I want to be selfish for, for just a, a few moments of your time, Apostle. Sure. So when we talk about things changing, seasons changing, different stages. Um, as a pastor, as a pastor, things have been, and I've only been pastoring eight years, so not a long time, but things You're have- made, you, you just made me a mistake. It don't feel like it. I know it don't feel like it. <laughs> it's like sometimes it feels like a long time. Yeah, I know. So when, when you were talking about emotions and you were talking about grief and then something that you said, it triggered me in a good way because you said sometimes it's kind of self-centered and then sometimes there's sometimes some spiritual influence that's involved. A lot of pastors like myself are frustrated right now because we are doing things the way we believe God has told us to do. We are honoring his word. We're honoring him and we're seeing churches i know it's impacting everyone but we're seeing things different more differently than they've ever been how are we as leaders now supposed to deal with the emotional stress and fatigue of people leaving without reason ab abandoning their first love just uh, i think you already know where i'm going apostle so right. what do we what do you say to to us leaders right now and what do you say to the church about that the first thing I'm going to say, and then I'll, I'll jump about people leaving in a second. Yes, sir. But let me first speak to, to, to the pastors as such. The one thing you have to understand, I told, a, I told a pastor, he's now apostle, many years ago, the secret to standing any storm that come into your life is knowing that you're in the will of God. The scripture says, he that doeth the will of God abide forever. If you know you're in the will of God, then you can stand. It don't matter what comes. No matter what comes, no matter how it comes or through whom it comes, you can stand. God is faithful. The other thing I will say in relation to that is you have to understand that God called you. And when you understand that God called you, like I tell pastors this, 
worrying about their money and worrying about the church and worrying about this. Listen, it's the Lord's church. If he can't keep it open, I guess he wanted to close. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he don't have power to... Listen, God is obligated to finance the vision he gave you. Yes, sir. He's obligated to finance any dream he put in your heart. He's not obligated to finance what you dream up on your own. He's only obligated to finance his vision, his plan. Now, there are, there are reasons why churches, I was talking to the Lord about this uh, some while, a while ago, about, probably about a year or so ago. He was talking, I had heard about a church was having some financial issues, and I was praying about it. The Lord began to talk to me. There are two reasons, two main reasons why things like that happen. Yes, sir. One of them is the enemy is attacking. When the enemy is attacking, sometimes the enemy is attacking. We could do something about him too. Yes, but sir. the enemy attacks the church. And he attacks the church. He hits it just like in a, he could attack a family. He hit it, hit you where it hurts. Hit you in your pocketbook. Yes, sir. In your finance. Because we know, you know that you got to have money. You don't go down to the electric company and speak in tongues and they let your lights stay on. <laughs> so, yes. you know, people, and so you have to understand that. It's God's, and, and that's what you got to do. I, I know. I've been in situations where the, the money was very, very low and the debts were very, very high. Yes, sir. And um, I cried out to the Lord. I, I got to tell you this experience. When yes, I first sir. learned, I was learning to fly years ago. I went up one day with the, with the instructor, this old, this old guy. And he said, all right, now we up. He said, I'll pull back on your power. Well, I pulled back on the power. As soon as I pulled back on the power, I automatically raised the nose of the plane. Yes, sir. So I so you don't lose altitude. But I guess I pulled back a little bit too much. He looked at me and said, what you going to do? Start the plane? But when he said start the plane, suddenly the storm warning went off and we saw it. And I went into a panic. I mean, that plane was up and down. I said, oh, 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 oh. And I looked at him. Like do like do something. He just looked at he had a hand and hand on his face. He just looked at me like, what's wrong with you? He ain't saying anything. He just looking at me. And when I looked at him, I thought to myself, if he's not reacting, we're all right. Right. So I calmed down and then my training kicked in and I knew exactly how to come out of a stall anyway. That just came out of it. Then when we got lower, I, and I said, Why didn't you take over? He said, we wasn't close enough to the ground. Now, that was funny to him. It wasn't all that funny to me. Wouldn't have been funny to me. <laughs> but now, fast forward. Yes, Going sir. through, everybody and their mother is calling us, demanding money, demanding this, that, and the other. 
people that left the church, you know, when people leave, a lot of times their desire and hope is that you don't make it. Because what they're doing is voting against you with their feet. Now, here's proof. I mean, if they, I mean, you don't have to literally answer this, but just think about this. Consider yes, this a rhetorical question. How many people have ever left your church and continued to send their tithe and offering to keep you going? <laughs> you know, if, if you have one or two, you're a blessed man. They don't usually do that. They don't, they go and they take, it gets with them. And you understand. So I'm, I'm left not knowing what in the world I'm, so I went into the time, I mean, the phone ringing, everybody demanding. I'm not talking about they want to negotiate, they demanded. We need to have this by this, this much money by this time, or else we're going to do this, that, and the other. I'm right, I came out of the office, went into the sanctuary by myself, and I yelled, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And when I said that, it was quiet. And while it was quiet, immediately the picture of me being in the plane years before with that man looking at me came to my mind. The Lord brought that back to me. I said, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe that what you said is true. I heard somebody say one time, the simplest definition of faith is believing that God told the truth. All right. You told the truth. You said you would supply on me. You the one that planted me here. I didn't just jump up one day and decide I want to be a pastor. No, sir. I want to be a preacher. No, that was you. You put me, I see, I knew that. That's all you got to know. And you can't allow, by the way, I'll come back to the people leaving in a second. You can't allow what people do to change your view of God's plan. You can't allow what the people do. That is not God speaking to you through them. That's not God telling you, see, this is proof that I didn't, I never really called you. No, you get discouraged. I mean, there have been pastors, I don't know if you know about it, but Pastors have been committing suicide and everything else. One pastor I know of about sent his family to church. You know, it, they got up Sunday when he would usually come after them. Yes, sir. He let them go on ahead of him. And they're there at church. And when he didn't show up after a while, his wife got a little bit concerned. But they didn't leave. When they came home, they found him hanging in the garage. Pastors, a pastor, a pastor. He's got, see how far he went down? What was, what was troubling him? You know, a pastor's a human just like everybody else. Yes, sir. You know, we bleed like everybody else bleed. We hurt like everybody else hurt. But people don't seem to have that revelation. 
Sometimes, to be honest with you, when, sometimes when people leave, they try to kick you on their way out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if they, and they're not satisfied being gone themselves. They, they call everybody else and try to see how many other people they can get to go with them. They'll answer God. Don't worry about that. They will answer God for that. Now, the other reason, now this is more, a little more difficult, that preacher, that churches have difficulty sometimes is that God never planted that church. Sometimes people do things in the flesh and they expect God to make it work. Somebody, I'm doing this for the Lord. No, you're not. You can't do something for the Lord that the Lord didn't tell you to do. If he didn't send you, sit still and wait. And I've had, the, I've had those kind of things happen. I had a brother, come, you know, tell me the Lord told him it's time for him to go. Now, the Lord told me it's time for me to go. I go, really? I said, well, we'll see. I get so tired. Of, that's so much. That's demonic, actually. That ain't nothing but the devil and people's flesh. The Lord told me it's time for me to go, really? Why is he not telling me something about it? He tells you to obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. For they watch for your soul, and they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, but that is unprofitable for you. So how is God going to violate his own word and tell you something? And yet I'm the one that got to give an account about you. And he tells me nothing? nothing. Really? What God is this we talking about? The Lord told me my season was, here's another one you hear. The Lord told me my season was up. When did your season begin? <laughs> when did your season begin? And who, you said the Lord told you your season was up. So what happens now that your season's up? See, these people have a crazy idea that God plant, not plant them, they go somewhere. God leads them to this church for a few hours, few years, then he plucks them up. And oh, now it's my will for you to go here. Now it's my will for you to go over there. Now it's my will for you to go in another city and go. These people wouldn't know God if they met him in the middle of the street wearing a red hat with a sign, a neon sign, holding it up saying, I'm God, truly it's me. They still wouldn't recognize. These folks don't know nothing about God because they don't know the word. And because they don't know the word of God, they don't know the ways of God. Some things God won't do. Didn't the Bible teach us that God is love? Yes, sir. Didn't the Bible, that same Bible that tells us that God is love, doesn't it tell us that love worketh no ill to his neighbor? Well, that means love is not going to do something to hurt you. Doesn't God know how much that, what that would do? So the, the truth of the matter is, it's not God. It's people that don't know the ways of the Lord because they don't know the word of God. Can God ever lead somebody to do something? Not without speaking to that pastor. Not without speaking to that pastor. Absolutely not. How are you going to 
Give me, listen, anytime God, you have authority, there's no such thing as authority without responsibility and accountability. Whoever gives you authority makes you responsible for whoever you are in authority over. And you are accountable to the one that gave you that authority. If God made you a pastor, if he calls you to pastor, that's he makes you a pastor. He said, I'll give you pastors according to my heart, which he'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. All through the scriptures, you see what he tells the pastors to do. Feed my sheep. Feed. It is the responsibility of the pastor to feed the people, to teach them about God, to teach them the ways of God. You only learn the ways of God by the word of God. It's not a thing that you can get bothered and then the Lord is telling you, come on, let us learn the difference between, why don't we just be honest and say, I don't like this or I don't like that. I'm bothered about this. I'm bothered about that. And I'm going, I have one man come to me uh, and told me he was leaving years ago. I said, the Lord told is the Lord telling you? He said, no, no. I'm not, the Lord's not telling me. He said, the Lord, I'm not saying the Lord told me anything. I just want to go. I have more respect for him than these others who claim God is telling them, but they're going to answer God about it. Believe you me. They're going to answer God. Because, matter of fact, when, when I was telling you about what happened years ago. Yes, sir. The Lord said to me then, he said, I'm going to hold all of those that left responsible for what you're suffering through financially right now, unless I told them to leave. And I never told one of them to leave. That's what he told me. Now, if some of them was on here, they might probably disagree with me. It don't matter to me. I'll tell you what the Lord told me. If Jesus was sitting right here with me and you could see him and he asked me in front of you, did I say that to you, son? Yes, Lord, you did. Because I know he did. And I'm going to have to stand before him and give an account about what I'm saying. If I'm not, if I'm telling something that's untrue, I got to answer for it. Yes, sir. That's what he told me. And it's going to happen because it has, it has to happen. For, for God to be a just God. It has to happen. I was teaching about uh, what's going to happen when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ not That's very cool. long, some months ago. And I'm telling you, it's going uh, to be a tough day when people find out what they lost because of their disobedience, following their own will, their own plan, and so forth. Now, now, you said, well, won't God, won't God stop them? Now, hold on to your seat now. Yes, sir. He can't. Okay. Why can't he? Because he will have to go against what you are made. You are a free moral agent. He's not going to go against your free moral agency. That means you have the right to choose. That's right. Now he'll tell you don't do this or don't do that, but he won't make the decision for you. That's right. He won't make the decision 
for you. He won't do it. He'll let you make your decision. And then he'll hold you accountable if you're out of his will. Yes, sir. And people are going to stand before the Lord and find that they miss God's will and miss God's plan because they got into their feelings and, and followed other people, followed family members or whoever, and missed the will of God. And then you have this happens as well. Yes, sir. They get bothered or hurt or upset about something. And then they say, I prayed about it. I prayed. When you hear somebody say, I prayed before I did, I did this, what they're actually saying, I don't think they understand. What they're actually saying is, I prayed and God is leading me to do this. But they're going to have to give an account. You better make sure. But what the truth is, many times they do pray, but then they turn to their own emotions, That's their it. own feelings, and all of those things for the answer. It's not, they're not getting it from the Holy Ghost. And they hear things and dream things and believe that, that confirms what they want to do in the first place. And sometimes, even with people that have been with you for a long time and all of that, sometimes, now don't, don't misunderstand. Don't think just because people have been with you a long time that God actually planted them. Okay. It's possible that he planted them. But just because he has planted people don't mean they stay there. Now, I learned this in, in, back in June. I was in Birmingham. And we went for an affirmation service for Pastor Wilder being affirmed as an apostle. And he had his conference going on that Sunday night, Monday night. And that Monday, the chief consecrated was there speaking at his church. Yes, sir. And then while he was preaching, and I'm just sitting there, just listening, and suddenly the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, those that left you were not in covenant with you. And that's why they left. They joined the church, but they were not in covenant. A lot of church people don't know covenant. They don't understand what covenant is. And you can you can believe me that if they left you, they were not in covenant with you. Because if they were in covenant, you know, Jonathan and David were in covenant. Yes, sir. Jonathan loved David like he loved his own soul. He wasn't going anywhere. Because he was in covenant. When you're in covenant, you can just join a church. But I don't mean you're in covenant with that church. Right. But if people would seek God to find out where he's planting them, then it's not difficult to get in covenant with that church and with that leader. And then when you're in covenant, you, you, you do everything you can. You're not thinking, well, for instance, you, you've probably had this. I'm going to be, oh, the Lord sent me here. Uh, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here until the Lord tell me otherwise. Those are people 
who got their foot out the back door already. What do you mean until the Lord? What makes you think he's going to tell you to leave? What, do you, what makes you think he's going to tell you to do something different? What do you mean until? You see the, see the mindset they have? That the door is already open and down the road it's going to, the enemy is going to use that. And then they're going to be, they're going to be sincere. They're going to really believe that God told them, but it won't be God. But they set that up themselves ahead of time. So if you have people that, that said they were, the Lord sent me here, you'll have that. You will have that. They act like they love you so much they can eat you. Then when they get mad, they wish they had to eat you. <laughs> they wouldn't have you to deal with no more. And um, but I'm, I'm just telling the truth. Yes, sir. The way it is. Yes, sir. So sometimes at some of these churches, by the way, here's something else the Lord told me recently about churches. I've seen about some churches and think about a church that I know of that closed down. And the Lord said to me, he said, I closed some of these churches because they should not have even been open. If you go to Revelation, what did the Lord tell the church at Ephesus? You left your first love. Now he said, repent or else what? I'm going to remove your candlestick out of this place. He took their light. That church is gone. Unless you do this. Sometimes people just do stuff in the flesh. I get mad with you. I'm, I'm in your church. I get mad with you. So I go, I'm going to go start a work. <laughs> that is, that's so silly. I'm going to go start a work. And so I go and start something. I got a few people. I got family members and a few other people that are going to follow me. And if, if that's not good enough, I may... I may speak and get some other people out of the church to follow me. And some of that underhanded stuff be going on while, while, while you preaching on Sunday. And they sitting out there saying amen in their, in their secret meetings and in their phone calls and discussions with one another. Something else is being said. Paul warned about that. He said, after my departing, grievous wolves yes, shall enter in, not sparing the flock. You know, speaking perverse things for what purpose? To draw disciples after them. A man of God told me many years ago, way back in the 70s, he saw that I always have a heart. I have a heart for preachers. Yes, sir. And he was, and I would let, you know, have, have them to get up just to minister, you know, kind of encourage them and so forth. And he told me, he said, son, be careful about putting up people in your pulpit. He said, when everybody you put up, you give influence. That's right. You give them influence. That's right. And then they will turn and you turn, use that influence against you. And they'll have people to follow them. And it's true. And I didn't understand when he was telling me that. I said, oh, you know, I said to him, I said, well, he don't understand. You know, I'm just... 
but he understood. <laughs> and I, I've had it happen. And I've had it happen more than one time. I've had it happen more than two times. Now back to the brother that told me, the Lord told him, he got, I said, all right, I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray about, you better go back to the Lord and pray. I knew better, but I prayed because I said I would pray. I said, Lord, do you speak to him and tell him? No. I didn't. So I went back. We met back up. I said, listen, the Lord told me he did not tell you that. Now listen to what he said. Well, the <laughs> Lord, yeah, yeah, I'm bold enough to do it too. When I said that to him, here's what he said to me. Well, the Lord told me I better do it. When you hear people say things like that, you know they don't know much about God. Yes, Listen sir. carefully. The Holy Ghost leads, demons drive. The Holy Ghost leads, demons drive. They think the Lord is pushing them out. Man, that's the devil. Because he understands that a premature ministry is like a premature birth. The Chances of survival are slim. So sometimes it was a lot, you know. And then here's one other thing to think about. Yes, sir. Sometimes when people leave, that's a blessing. It don't feel like a blessing when it happens. Right. It don't feel like a blessing when it happens. But some people were not good for your ministry. And they and God knows that. Sometimes they go and sometimes God move them. Sometimes yes, he move them other ways. Yes, sir. Because of their disobedience and so forth. Apostle, it's right at 746. Uh oh, you saw no, 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 okay. no, sir. No, sir. I give way to you. No, sir. No, sir. I, I wouldn't dare interrupt when wisdom is coming forth. But for everyone that's out there, we thank you for tuning in. We're going to take two minutes for our sponsor tonight, Holy Hardship by Pastor Anthony Diggs. We're going to watch this commercial pass. It'll take about two minutes and 27 seconds. Okay. And then we'll jump back on in. All right. So everybody that's there, please share. And we'll take this word from our sponsor. Trouble changes you. The only question is, who will your trouble turn you into? Jesus gives us hope when we're in trouble because he shows us a way in which our trouble can transform us into someone better instead of someone bitter. This type of trouble is what I call holy hardship. It's the kind of adversity that Jesus turns into an advantage. Now, I've had my fair share of adversity and I've learned that trouble can change you for the better, but you must handle your hardship like Jesus handled his. My journey through a dark season of personal adversity led me to write a book to show others not only how to survive their trouble, but how to thrive because of it. The book is called Holy Hardship, How Jesus Turns Your Adversity into an Advantage. You can order it today. Your trouble doesn't have to get the best of you. Instead, you can get the best of your trouble. This book will show you how. So order your copy today and discover how Jesus can turn your adversity into an advantage.
Amen. We are back on a pastor's perspective with my special guest, Apostle Dana Holmes. And we thank you to our sponsor tonight, Pastor Anthony Dix. If you saw or got a chance to go to Amazon.com, please order a copy of Holy Hardship. It will bless you. And if you're interested in a sponsorship spot on a pastor's perspective, please comment below and we'll have someone for our admin staff reach out to you. Apostle, I'm going to see if I can make this work, but I wanted to do this, but I didn't want to interrupt you while you were, while you were teaching. Let's see if I can make the sound work. I wanted to put this in there when you hit a, when you hit a point tonight. Let's see. Uh, you hit you hit some stuff. I, one more time. Yes, sir. For those of you who don't know our church. Amen. <laughs> Apostle, you are teaching tonight. You are teaching tonight. I apologize for deviating from what our initial initial no, topic. No apology needed. No apology needed. But I, you're blessing me tonight. Uh, I don't know if you had any more that you wanted to say around that or if you had anything else you wanted to share because I was going to hit something in the same vein. But if you had any more in your heart, I want you to empty I was praying recently. I've been praying every day. I pray the prayers from Ephesians 1 and 3, one, chapter 1, starting at verse 17, and then chapter 3, starting at verse 14. I pray those prayers for myself because they are spirit-inspired prayers. And I pray, one of the things I pray that God will give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I've been praying this for some time now. And lately, I kept, I've been getting revelation. And I've been getting it in two ways. One way is reading the scriptures. He started opening things up to me I never saw before. Yes, sir. And other things is he giving me revelation about things, about people, about things that happen, about why things happen. Give you an example. This this happened to me a few months ago. I don't know why. I, you know, I was just praying. The Lord brought back to me a service that I was in back in the seventies, and um, I was in this church at, at this church in this service, and the pastor got up and he read a passage of scripture. Now, before I tell you that, let me tell you. I was kind of close to this man of God. And I remember he got sick. He got sick at one point. And I went to see him. And he said, um, he said Son, uh, I'm going to let the Lord just have his way. I said, what do you mean you're going to let him have his way? If you're going to let him have his way, you get up out of this bed. That was, you know, because I didn't want to get nothing about dying. You're going to be healed. And he did eventually get healed. And um, he lived for about 15 years. Well, anyway, the Lord brought back to me about a couple of months ago. I saw this, um, I mean, he just brought back this whole thing before me of being in this service where he read a scripture. And the scripture that he read was in Mark. 16, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be say, He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them. He read the whole thing. And when he finished, he said, Now that's not for you. That's for the prophet. 
speaking about himself. You're trying to get the, the people to don't you can't do this on your own. You got to come to me. That's not for you. That's for the prophet. When the Lord brought that back to me, he said, that's why he died. He changed my word for selfish, selfish. What else? What did he say for selfish reason? He said, "I got it. I'll remember it in a few minutes." He said, "Selfish," but it was also something pertaining to him receiving. I learned this. Two things you better be very, very careful about. One of them is money. Now, now that's what that's what that's the thing that ministers get sick and die sometimes. Everybody praying for them, the whole church praying for them, other churches praying for them. And people ask this question all the time. I went and preached at a in a place years ago. And um and the, the pastor and I went to lunch and he sat down with me, he said, Apostle, let me ask you a question. And he told me about a minister who I didn't know in their city. And he was talking about how much of a great work he was doing and all of that. And he said, and he got sick. He said, and every, everybody was praying for him. His church was praying, other churches were praying. He said, people were praying all over for this man. But he still died. And he wanted to know why, why did that happen? Well, I couldn't answer. I said, I don't know specifically why he died. I did not know why he died. However, because I didn't know the man, didn't know anything about him, Lord hadn't revealed anything to me. But sometimes pastors are not. You know, they're doing things like um, taking advantage of people where money is concerned. Yeah, when I say taking advantage, I mean, I'm not talking about receiving an offering. We all have to receive offerings. You know, but I've seen some gimmicks, games. The Lord, in fact, told me to go to one pastor and tell him to stop using gimmicks to get money, get money from people. And I went to that pastor's church and sat in his office. And I said, the Lord told me to tell you to stop using gimmicks to get money. To get money. Now here what the Lord actually said, he said, you tell him that I said to stop using gimmicks to get money from people or he'll not live his days out and testify. Tell them how I meet your need. Tell them how you always meet your budget. I said, yes, that's, that, was a, that was a ride I didn't want to take, but I had to do it anyway. I went and sat in his office. I can see his face right now. When I sat there in his office, sitting across his, he's sitting across from me on the, on the, at his desk. And I said, brother, the Lord told me to tell you. And I told him exactly what the Lord said. He looked me in my eyes and said, who are you? Who are you? See, what he's doing is sizing me up. In his mind, I'm not in a position to tell him anything. 
I'm not over him. I'm not, you know, he's older than me. He's been in ministry longer. So he figured, I don't know who you. What gives you any right or authority to tell me? I mean, I said, you know what? I ain't nobody. I just came to tell you what the Lord told me to tell you. Couple years later, he got sick. Church was praying for him. Other people were praying, praying for him. Family members were praying for him. I'm telling you what I know. Much prayer went up for him, but to no avail because he was told, if you don't stop this, playing these games and money with your people, you're going to be taken away. And that happened, and he's gone. Over two years, he was out of here. And I know this don't sound this don't sound right. This don't sound you know people may not understand what I say, but I don't think he's still asking that question. Who are you? That happens. How you know your treatment of people is very important to God. You remember what the Bible said he writing Paul writing to the Church of Corinth. He's not writing to John Smith at the church. He's writing to the whole church. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, you the whole church of Corinth, and that the Spirit of God dwell in you? If any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. I could tell you a whole lot of things. Some things I won't say on here, but I could tell you, I could tell you. If I had a whole day with you, I could tell you some things. I've seen people do things. Uh, to, you, when you, it's dangerous to do things to hurt the church. It's dangerous. Now, they don't all die right away. Sometimes they just have, they just suffer. And their quality of their life is very low. And they have one issue after another after another. Because they did damage to the church. And preachers do that. And not only preachers, but members sometimes do that. Now let me say this one last thing. God knows we run out of time. Let me say this one last thing. And this is a revelation that I got. Just a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, I was reading some things about authority and exercising our authority over the devil and things like that. And I and um, I saw this thing. It said the enemy. This is how the devil attacks the church. Yes, sir. One of the, he said the devil's strategy is this. To get the people to lose confidence in you. Once people lose confidence in you, you can't speak to them anymore. You can't speak in their life. I have one of my one of my spiritual sons. I'm sure he's on here watching. One day we was somewhere, we were in the, in the house having dinner. When we came out. I was heading to my, I was driving a van and I was, I was heading to my van. He was a few steps behind me. And I turned back, I turned around 
I mean, by a spirit of prophecy, I, I spoke to him and said, don't ever let anybody change the position that I hold in your life. Because if you do, I won't be able to speak into your life. Now, you see what happened now, and so that, that, that rings true. Now there was another pastor, a preacher. He was in the church for a while. He gonna go start, and the Lord told me, he said, you go tell him. But before that happened, a while before that happened, so a couple of years so before that happened, I was talking to him and I told him some things and he, he was sitting in my office and he didn't go along with what I said. And I told him, I remember the time that if I said jump, you wouldn't even ask how high you start jumping. But now I'm telling you something and you have the audacity to disagree. Somebody got in your ear. That's what happened. And that's exactly what happened. And it changed his heart toward me. Changed my position in his life. Now, when they, when, he, when they get to that point, what you say is just your opinion. They'll, they'll say things like, well, I know what God told me. All I know is what the Lord said. You try to show them scripture, they will ignore it. And they'll say, all I know is what the Lord showed me. And all I know is they don't know God very well. And, so, and don't know his word. And that's why they think that the Lord, the spirit is going to override his own word. God never does anything contrary to his word. He never leads anybody contrary to his word. He never says anything contrary to his word. He's not going to give you a dream, a vision, a visitation, or nothing that will cause you to do something contrary to what his word says do. Never. And now, when the, the Bible, and here's a reason, another reason why people, if you look at in the 90, in Psalm 92, uh, the Bible says those, I think it's starting at 12, verse, 12 and 13. Or 13 before that. Anyway, he says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall be fat and flourishing. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Now, yes. notice that those that be planted, God plants people. That's another reason why people they don't understand that they're planted. And some of these people, if you listen to them, God can't make up his mind. He'll plant you here, pluck you up, plant you there, pluck you up. No, they don't understand planting. That's it. When you're planted, you are planted. And he does it for a purpose. There's something, and he puts in that pastor what you need. That's it. To become perfected. There's something you receive from the pastor, and there's something that the pastor receives from you. And not just your finances, your prayers, your service. There's something, if God plants you in a church, there's something he has in mind for you to do. He gives every church has a mission. And if he plants somebody in the church, they have a role in bringing in that mission and in bringing that work to pass. And so when, when um, 
after I told this young man that, later on, the Lord told me, you tell him, do not open a church. Yes, sir. Do not open a church. That was the Lord. He said, tell him, don't open a church. Well, I told him what the Lord said. I told the Lord, I said, now, Lord, I, you know, I don't, I'm not in touch with him or anything. But if you want me to tell him, just cause me to run into him. That's right. And I ran into him in Houston, Texas. And I sat with him for about at least two hours, at least. And we sat down and I told him, the Lord said, do not open a church. Now, why would God tell me that? Let me tell you why. Because God had planted him in the first, God didn't move him, he moved himself. That's it. So That's God it. is going to speak to his pastor. That's right. Not who he called his pastor, to his pastor, who God called his pastor. That's right. And if he understood spiritual things, he would think, wait a minute, this man was speaking in my life. I'm going to hear. But no, instead he's going to disagree. I tell him what the Lord said. You know what he says to me? Well, the Lord appeared to me in a dream and gave me keys to the city. Oh, really? Now, God going to give him keys. Well, he's lying to one of us. If he tell me, tell him not to do it and give him keys to do it. Well, he, he deceiving one of us. He lying to somebody. Yeah. And he went on for a little while and he did it and he had it going. One time he even came and asked me, Will you come? I want you to come preach for me. I said, I'm not going to do it. Well, wait a minute. I'm your son. I'm your son. I said, yeah, you're not the only one that claimed to be my son. I won't go preach for them and I'm not going to preach for you. And the reason why I wouldn't is because what am I going to be teaching others that's coming up? That's right. Well, I can just go out and after a while, I'll do something, then he's going to do whatever I want him to do. It's not going to happen. That same fellow that said the Lord told him I better go, he went out and started something. Later on, he closed it down. He closed it down. What happened to the Lord to him? These people just don't understand. And you stop playing around with holy things. Stop playing around. I heard Kenneth Higgins say some years ago, I agree with him. I believe it. He said, God will judge you more quickly on spiritual sins than he will physical sins. See, not walking in love, that's a spiritual sin. Doing things like we were talking about, that's no spiritual sin. God will hold you. He will judge you quick, more quickly on that. I'm telling this man, and he won't listen. And one day, I'm, I'm sorry to say, one day he just fell dead. It didn't have to be. But it's not necessarily, it's not that God is killing them. But the Lord knows everything. He knows the enemy's plans. He knows what's coming your way. And he want to stop that from happening. He said, tell him, this, don't do this. Because he see, when you do that, you open a door. For the, and give him access. 
man, you gotta have your doors open, your windows open, no screens. And the sun go, it's hot, I gotta open up. And then complain because butterflies, moths, flies, all kind of stuff comes flying in there. I don't understand it. You open the door. When you open the door, spiritually, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of laws. Everything that God does is based on law. Everything. So when you do whatever you do, you need to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, and you better know. You better know. You can say, the Lord told me, the Lord told me all you want. Well, number one, you're going to give an account about that. And if it brings harm, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. Sooner or later. And certainly at the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to pay. You're going to pay for it. And some people think, as long as I was sincere, God is going to protect me. No, 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 no. Paul was sincere when he, he was called Saul at the time. He was sincere when he was having those Christians taken to prison and stoned and all that. He was sincere, but he was dead wrong. And some folk were dead because he was wrong. God, your, your sincerity is not a protection. It doesn't mean that God's not going to hold you accountable. You can be sincere. You're still going to be held accountable. You have this word of God to know what you are doing. And he gives us safeguards. Some people are unwilling to test their dreams, test their visions. They're unwilling to do that. They're so stubborn. And when you hear them say stuff like, I mean, I know how to hear from God too. That's just disrespectful and high-minded and arrogant. Yes, sir. It's pride and a fall is going to come. You need to humble yourself and be willing to say, you know, I'm, I was wrong about this. That's well, I'm it. Wrong about that. Some people ain't gonna ever say that. They're gonna die saying they was right. It's not but worth that's, it. That's that's the way that is. And and uh, I ain't even tell you the. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it alone. I ain't even tell you the part about holding people being in authority over over the enemy and doing certain things. We'll talk about that another time. Yes, that sir. I got where he talked talk to me about, this is why you can't help some people. This is why you can't help people. You can't do very much for people that left you. Mm. This is why you can't. And they've moved out on their own from the will of God. Now, how are you going to exercise authority over the enemy Regarding them, that's a whole not, that that's a whole show by itself. <laughs> Think by itself. Maybe we'll talk about that another, next time or another time. <laughs> but all right, you're gonna say something. Let me. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating it up. I'm I'm looking because I'm just checking off my notes. You okay. know the thing because I was gonna come back to you about authority. I was gonna come to you about. People saying they heard God, but bypassing their lead. I, it's, it's all good. You got it. We praise, we praise God for his spirit. Yeah, amen. We praise God for his yeah, spirit. No, no. These folk run away from church. Somebody, they got church hurt. 
Oh, you're going to really be hurt with you standing before the Lord. I don't see you quitting your job talking about you got job hurt. Then still go to work and get that check. They don't run away from their family and move, move out of the city and all that because they got family hurt. Many people need to stop playing around and let the devil use them. And I'm sure some of some of the people are hurt by yes. some things. That's, yes. I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's not true, that they don't have hurt. But you can't let that change your relationship with God. And you can't let that uproot you from where God planted you. But if they get up, they don't believe God planted them in the first place. Well, they, they don't understand the planting of the Lord. Apostle, you have uncovered some stuff tonight. At, uh, I, I just don't, you've just, I thank God for you. I thank God for the gift that you are. I thank God for his spirit. I thank God for you being obedient to him. I really, really do. Uh, these, I say this often when people have a, a treasure, sometimes they don't recognize the treasure they have until someone else comes along and appreciates it. Uh, yeah. All these years of what you've seen and experienced and hearing God, they are blessing. If no one else tonight, I say this, I think every broadcast, I'm leaving strengthened. Praise God for that. I'm leaving strengthened. Um, before I get ready to wrap up on this evening, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't ask you to take just a few moments, just a few moments okay. uh, before we get out of here. We do our thing like we normally do. Okay. Take a few moments for me. And if you had to define divine healing, what is it? Divine healing is healing by the power of God alone. It has nothing to do with medicine. Now God will help people even through medicine, but that's not divine healing. Divine healing is healing by the power of God through faith in the word of God. That's what divine healing is. So for those of you out there tonight, I just wanted to wet your whistle tonight. Because the follow-up question we were gonna, I want to get into is gifts of healing and gifts of miracles, but I'm gonna leave that alone, Apostle. Okay. <laughs> I know you're ready for it. I know you're ready for it. To the full, to my full gospel family that's out there tonight. Thank you all for coming out in droves tonight to support Apostle and being on the broadcast. Thank you for allowing me to have your leader on and um, trusting me with it. Thank you all so much to my family out there, my King's Worship Center family. I think I saw Bishop Parrott on tonight. God bless you. My wife, Nicole, that was out there. Thank all of you for being out there on tonight. Uh, what I wanted to do, Apostle, right before I close it out, I'll do my little spiel. Um, I'll, and uh, after that, I'm, I'm setting you up. So <laughs> if you, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to give you the closing words. So you talked a lot of tonight. It, it all ties into discipline. It all ties into honor. Mm -hmm. It all ties into one going back. One thing that's consistent about you, you do not depart from the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Your experiences mean nothing if they don't line up with the word. 
you dealt with hurt, you dealt with disobedience, you've dealt with pastors that are dealing with the struggle of, of, of losing people and dealing with the, all of those things. I want you, as I get ready to wrap up, if you had any final words tonight with everything that you've covered, whatever the Lord has laid on your heart, I'm going to ask you to share that tonight. And then if it's okay to lead us out in prayer after I finish the little wrap up, if that's okay. Okay. Amen. I want to start off by reminding you, the last time we were on together, yes, sir. I received the word from the Lord about you. Remember? Yes, sir. And he said he's going to give you what you need, people, and so on and so forth. You have to understand, you know, the devil hears these things too. And sometimes right after you, you, remember what Paul told Timothy to remember the prophecies yes, that were spoken of, that by these you might walk good warfare. Yes, We're supposed to use the word we got from the Lord to help us fight. When the enemy's coming against you, make like something not going to happen for you. Say, no, 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 but I got the word from the Lord that this is going to be the case. Yes, that's, that's, that's what that helps you. So the enemy will sometimes try to come against so that the opposite that you heard is happening. It's about discouraging you, making you quit. He's always trying to make you quit. He's always trying to make you give up. But when God, remember God told Moses, when those people knew, God told Moses, move, move, leave me alone. Let me move, out, move these people out of the way. And I'll raise up another people. Better than that. You look to the Lord and you trust God not only to bring that word to pass what he said, but to increase you and add more. Expect him to do it. Expect him to do it. Praise God. Now, you know, I told the family, I said, I'm not going to cry tonight. And I'm not going <laughs> to. And I'm not gonna cry tonight. I'm not gonna cry tonight. I receive the word of the Lord. I believe, I believe it. I believe God. To everyone once again that's on, God bless you, man of God. Thank you all for joining me tonight on a pastor's perspective. My name is Pastor Kelvin. I'm the host and also the pastor of the King's Worship Center in Simpsonville, South Carolina. But moreover, thank you for supporting the podcast. If you all would. Head over to Google, Spotify, or Anchor FM or Apple and subscribe to a Pastor's Perspective podcast and help me build my listening audience. I would be honored if you would do so on tonight. And for those of you that enjoy Apostle, I'm going to try to lock him in again so we can dig in to faith for healing. I promise. Well, I'm not going to promise. I'll try <laughs> to get us in there tonight. So once again, thank you all for being a part of the podcast, the broadcast, the video. What you have seen tonight will be downloaded and uploaded the audio version to the podcast tomorrow by 4 p.m. So if you were unable to get the entirety of the video, you'll be able to go to my podcast, download it and listen to it. Listen, you want to go back and hear the wisdom that this man of God pours out, not just today, but apostle, every time you come on, you break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> we praise God for you. So with that, I'm going to stop talking. Apostle, I'm going to turn it over to you. And after that, we'll go ahead and leave for the evening. Okay. I remember now the word that the Lord gave me about the pastor. Yes, sir. It's in your hands. This, this is why he died. He changed my word for personal 
and dishonest gain. That's why we die. So now you want me to pray? However you led, Pastor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I want to thank you personally for this time. I thank you for my brother uh, and what you have done. Thank you for this that you are doing in his life and these podcasts that he do. And thank you. I am honored that he would invite me on to be a part of it. And I also want to thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost because I know that I spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And I know you ministered to people and helped people. We don't do it to put people in bondage or bring people under condemnation. Sometimes it's just a matter of people waking up and knowing I need to fix this. I need to change. Lord, forgive me the steps I've taken out of your will and help me and put me on track. Put me on track. Lord, you know what you've been saying to me, and I've not even got into some of those things. And I know I can't share everything that you share because people, not everybody's at a level where they can understand it. And as you told me years ago, people usually criticize what they don't understand. And so that, because it's sacred and holy to me, I don't want to put something out that would bring unnecessary criticism from people that don't understand. I pray for the people. Now, some came on tonight, Lord, because they need healing. And they were looking for answers about healing. And though we didn't get into that, we thank you that we have another opportunity to do it. And you directed this. I asked you ahead of time to direct everything, every question, every answer, everything. You directed this because you wanted to minister to people. And I thank you for doing it. Now bless them in the name of Jesus. Now, there may be someone there, right? Yeah, there is, in fact. The Holy Ghost is telling me right now. You out there in pain? Oh, yes. There's somebody watching right now. The pain starts in the top part of your stomach, way across here in the top part. And, and interestingly enough, moves up into your chest. You've been having pain. Yes, I see it. I see the shortness of breath. And when you try and when you breathe, it, sometimes it hurts even to breathe. But right now, I want you to know the Lord is touching you and healing you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command that thing to leave you right now. Pain, go. Because it's at the very root. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Devil, take your hand off that man. Take your hand off that woman right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord, I see it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody else. You've been having these headaches, but you're on the right side of your head, as where the sun goes all the way around to the back of your head. You've been having these headaches. Praise God. I see you taking something, but it only it does very little. Sometimes it relieves it, 
Oh, short period. But it's still there. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Praise God. Yes, God. We Amen. give God all the glory. We give God all the glory. Pastor, we thank God for you on tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. And I'm certain we will have testimony of what God did on this evening. Of that, I am certain. Until we see you again, God bless you. Peace abide.